The following podcast discusses violence in New York City's subways. TWU Local 100 President Tony Utano spoke to us in a pre-recorded interview on Friday, May 14th. The following Monday, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio finally answered the union's demands for more police on the subway. While this is a big win for TWU, President Utano says there is more to be done. Listen to the podcast to learn about the union's fight to keep our subways safe for workers and riders. A disturbing trend clearly underway underground in New York City. An MTA survey of its subway passengers show more riders are frightened about crime and harassment than ever before. For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. As the country continues to reopen and rebuild after more than a year-long battle with COVID-19, in New York City, a pivotal part of reopening means a fully operational and safe mass transit system. But mass transit, and in particular the subway system, has been making headlines for all the wrong reasons. Day in the subways of New York. In just a three-hour period this morning, four different attacks in three boroughs. On this podcast, we hear from a transit worker who knows about the violence firsthand, and we talk to the president of the union representing those men and women to learn what needs to happen to make the subway safe. A man smashing the window of a subway booth with a cinder block. Just in the last six months alone, more than 1,000 transit workers have been assaulted, spit on, harassed, or threatened. Tony Utano represents those men and women. Tony's the president of the Transport Workers Union Local 100 in New York City, and he joins me on the podcast to talk about the workplace violence his members have endured and what needs to change to keep them and all riders safe. So, Tony, thank you for joining me. Thank you. So as president of TWU Local 100, you represent about 41,000 members in the New York City public transportation system and some private bus lines serving the metropolitan area. But for today's discussion, we wanted to focus on the members you represent in the city's subway lines. So can you tell me what jobs do those members hold and how many workers do you represent in that line of work? So in that line of work, it's about 40,000. The other the other areas, it's about 5,000. So we're about at 45,000. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what kind of jobs are we talking about actually in the subway? So we're talking about so uh, these assaults are going heavy on conductors, train operators, also above ground bus operators cleaners on the ground. And talk to me a little bit about that. What is going on in, in the subways and on the buses? I mean, it seems like it's almost daily. There's a report of some violence against men and women. So every every day, every day we get a report of somebody being punched, somebody being spit on, somebody being slashed. It's, it's, it's just out of hand. There's so much, so much violence going on. And, um, you know, today I did a press conference yet last night. There was four people from, from the public that got slashed. And, and, and within within five or 10 minutes of, of each other. So do you what's who, any idea, you know, who's causing this increased violence? What would you attribute it to? So I attributed it to um, the mentally ill, the homeless and 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 people you know in the subway they're just not getting the help that they need from the city have you met with with some of these injured workers or any of their families i meet i meet with mostly all the injured workers in fact i just, i just had the guy that got slashed last week come to my office and you know he had a big patch over his eye and uh, and you know 
when I when I see these things, it bothers me so much because all we're doing is calling out for more police right now. It seems that, you know, the mayor is just not listening to us. I don't know what more to do. You know, he, he makes jokes about everything, but yet these members are coming. You know, I should send them to his office to see what they're going through. They're going through pain. You know, we we worked in a pandemic and we lost lives in that pandemic because we wanted to move. We, we made sure we moved New York City and we made sure that the essential workers got to their locations. We made sure the store workers got to their locations and the nurses and the doctors and anybody that was an essential worker. We ran that system. And now, you know, the pandemic is winding down a little bit, but yet it's still here. It's not gone yet. But now we have an uptick in crime. And these are serious crimes. These are not like, you know, pickpocketing and uh, and, and, and and holding up people for, for, for their wallet. Mm-hmm. These are people with, with razor blades slashing people and, 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 and want to do serious harm to them. And all we keep doing is calling out the police, social workers, homeless outreach people. I don't, we don't have a beef with the homeless. Anybody at any day, at any moment, can become homeless. And people should realize that. But these people need help. And and it seems like they want to sleep in the subway and, and roam in the subway because I don't believe that the shelters are safe. If anybody that wants to sleep in a subway and not in a shelter, there's a problem in the shelter. And we believe there's lots of crime going on in the shelter. There are no doctors there. There are no people to talk to these people to try to help them. We need doctors. We need educators. We need police. Even in the shelters, some of these people might just need their medication that they're not getting. Mm-hmm. You know, they need help. And, and, and to just take them out of the subway and put them in the street, well, they're going to end up back in the subway again. So for the listeners unfamiliar with the subway, who is it who patrols the subways? So we don't, it's the New York, the NYPD support, uh, uh, patrols the subway. Mm-hmm. So years ago, the end, it was the, the transit authority used to have their own work, their own police force, transit police force. Mm-hmm. But, you know, crime went down and they transferred the New York City Transit Police Force to the NYPD. So it falls under the NYP jurisdiction. But now crime is up and they don't want they don't want to put the proper amount of people. What we need is we don't need six cops in a train station hanging around the turnstile, making sure nobody jumps over the turnstile. What we need is those cops positioned by the train operator, the conductor on the platform, looking in and out of the trains, on the buses, roaming on the buses. This is what we need right now. This is where where the, the high level of crime is happening. Now, the mayor could say statistics, statistics, but the statistics for felony assaults and which are, you know, a serious thing mm-hmm. is 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 up like 40 percent above right. the list list uh, uh, statistics from last year. You know, so so what, I, what I'm just saying is that if you have a problem, you're supposed to put you're supposed to put your sources to that problem and try and solve the problem, not just ignore it. Because it's not just my members. It's our families that ride the trains. It's, it's you know, it's he, he rides the trains with police escorts, so he don't have a problem. Right? We, but our families don't ride with police escorts. We just want to deliver the service to where it's got to go, where people got to go. We don't want to go home with blood on our uniforms. That's not what we took this job for. We so- took this job to make sure to deliver people to where they need to go Mm -hmm. safely. 
No, we can't we can't go out and start monitoring the homeless. It's not our job. It's not our function. We don't, we don't specialize in that. There are special people that are supposed to do that. And he just does not want to pop the resource here. In fact, today I went on a press conference and I told him, this is blood on your hands and he should resign. If he doesn't care, then put somebody in there that cares because that's what we need. I know you sent a letter recently to the mayor as well, and, and um, our president, Mario Salento, yeah. signed on to that letter um, supporting so wanna, you. Yeah, yeah. I want to thank Mario for that, you know, and, and we got many reasons to sign on to that. assaults, as well as three murders within the subway system this year alone. Because of those concerns, more than a dozen union leaders representing hundreds of thousands of workers employed by the MTA, FDNY Emergency Medical Services, and more who rely on public transit, penned a letter to Mayor de Blasio calling for a larger police presence and mental health services. And you know what happened? He didn't even answer that letter. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Okay. Yep. So, you know, that that's like a slap in the face to working people. Because the people that sign that letter are the people whose members ride the trains and buses. That's the reason for that letter. We, it's not just about transit workers. It's about the people that ride the train. We want to make sure we provide a safe, a, a safe ride to the mem- to us mm-hmm. and to the public. But he just ignored the letter. He never answered it. You know, he he calls it fear mongering. He says, "Oh, people will get laughed out of the train." I should send some of the people that get assaulted on that to, to his office and let him tell the mothers and the brothers and the family and and, and the daughters and the sons. That you know, oh, you you should be tough because you were, you live in New York. You know what? I don't ride the train to get slashed. I just ride the train so I can go to work. You know. But, well, and I wanted to ask you, like, what do you say to your, you know, your members? I mean, you've been you've been had an impressive campaign to get the word out because, unfortunately, it's the violence that's making the news, right? It's in the news yeah. every night. Yeah. You've got an impressive social media campaign. I saw members involved handing out flyers on buses recently. Um, you know, you're, Mm -hmm. you're constantly trying to call out the mayor asking for this help. So what, you know, what, what, what needs to happen like right at this moment to change things? And what do you say, you know, to your members, um, to reassure them that, um, you know, you're, you're working for their safety on the job. Well, listen, my members know I'm out there pushing for them. My members are concerned because now when they go to work, they don't know if the same situation is going to happen to them. But, you know, Here's here's the thing. The thing you talk about the uh, the buses. Mm-hmm. You know, we now are handing out flyers to the public to have the public call Mayor De Blasio and say, "Put the police on the trains and the buses." We need more police riding on subways, on the buses, to keep us safe. We have, that's the kind of campaign that we got to run because he's not listening to us. I don't, you know, like. We're going to do that in the trains. We're going to do that in the buses. But, you know, he's just ignoring it. Hmm. He's ignoring it. I, you know, my members want my members went through hell in the pandemic Mm -hmm. and now are going through hell with this. And it's not fair to my members. He needs to step up. He's the mayor of this city. He's in control of the NYPD. He should put, you know, when you when you do a military operation, you put your soldiers where where, where it's a hot spot. Right. Mm -hmm. You put. Okay, well, right now the hot spot is the New York City Transit Authority. So put your put your police force down there. Stop. I don't want police there forever, but right now we need them because it's a hot spot.
And you're about to, as we're recording this, you're about to go to um, 24-hour, right? Yes. Because the trains were not for a while, so they could clean them overnight. But that's about to change as we reopen. Are you concerned about that? Right. Well, you know, they cut it down to, you know, they cut it down two hours. So, you know, it's really, this. we we always ran train, full train service, even though it was shut. Okay. We just didn't pick up any passengers. But I don't, I don't believe now through through this time period where they reduced it that there's any police there throwing anybody off the station, because what's the sense of two, in two hours if you throw a homeless guy out of the station, once you open up two hours later, where do you think he's going to be? Mm-hmm. He's going to be right back in the station, you know. So that that's not functioning. What needs to what needs to work here is a coordinated effort where they put police. They put medical people, they put counselors in these shelters, and they try to convince these people to go there not to get robbed and raped and 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 punched and you know who knows what else happens in those shelters. They, they, if these people know they're going to the shelter and you're giving them food and you're giving them medicine and you're trying to help them, you may be able to help quite a bit of few people. I, my my opinion is New York, New York should should be the lead in taking care of this problem because this is not only a New York problem, it's all over the country. Mm-hmm. And new, if New York takes the lead and shows that we can do this and we can help these people and we can, you know, give them, give them a lease on life again, because I tell you, you know, I, I, I was watching this show on TV and, 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 and one guy says, you know, you, you're two steps away from being homeless. The guy was an iron worker. He lost his job. He couldn't pay his mortgage. He wasn't getting any money. He became homeless. Mm-hmm. Just like that. He was making a great salary as an iron worker, lost his job and became homeless. So if people don't believe that that could happen to them, it can. And my belief is we need to help these people and get them in the right direction. And, you know, we talked a little bit about what you're doing, what your members are doing. If anyone's listening right now um, and wants to help get the message out, what can they do, Tony? The, what, what they can do is call the mayor's office and say, look, stop the fighting and get the police down there. We need the police down there. It's important. And it's not only under not undercover cops. We need uniformed cops down there because they are a deterrent when they're down there. Yeah, you just need that presence. Need that police presence. All right, Tony Utano, president of TWU Local 100. Thank you for being our guest today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York City. This is a public service announcement. Yeah. From TWU Local 100. 100. Transport Workers Union. We move New York. Every day. Every day. Yeah. But But one life is one too many to die on these tracks. So until the MTA has a better plan, TWU has to take a stand. But here's what you can do. Ricky Chan has worked in the subways in New York City for three years. He knows all too well about the violence, and sadly, he knows from firsthand experience. Ricky, thank you for agreeing to share your experience. Happy to be here. Can you walk us through what happened to you recently while at work? Uh, Yes. Uh, So I was serving as a platform conductor at 179th Street, which is one of the terminal stops for the F-Line. And uh, as per standard practice, you know, we have to empty out the train of passengers. And usually on the F-Line, there are a fair amount of homeless people who generally will get up with a little no issue. Unfortunately, 
among the homeless population, you do have a fair amount of emotionally disturbed people. And that is one whom I encountered who was sleeping off uh, the night, I so assume. Mm-hmm. And I approached him and let him know gingerly, uh, it's the last stop, sir. Uh, you know, we have to empty out the train of passengers to ensure cleanliness uh, for the COVID-19 cleaners to do their job. He didn't respond, so I just gave a light tap uh, along the storm door, you know, to wake him up. And almost immediately, he shot up out of his seat uh, where he chest bumped me and started screaming obscenities, letting me know under no uncertain terms that he was uh, not pleased with being woken up abruptly. And while he's doing so, he's spitting in my face, you know, spit talking and such without mm-hmm. a mask. Mm-hmm. And I told him, sir, you know, you don't have a mask on and you're spitting in my face. At which point he then gave me a full on spit <laughs> right in Ugh. on my face. Um, and at that point, my partner witnessed the entire thing and called it in. And at this point, he got up off his seat, possibly because he knew that uh, police were arriving on the scene. He exited the train. However, he did begin uh, experiencing more aggression with each passing step, you know, and then at which point he started uh, threatening to stab me and to fight me once I'm off duty and such, at which point I just waved him goodbye and proceeded to uh, continue cleaning out the remainder of the train. Uh, Within a few steps, my partner screamed out, he has a knife. I turned around and sure enough, this individual produced a box cutter uh, in a menacing manner and started approaching me. Luckily, around that time, uh, supervision arrived and, you know, he tried to talk the gentleman down. Uh, Luckily, whatever anger or aggression he has was directed towards me and not towards my colleagues. So I was safely, I thought I was able to safely make an exit up the employee stairwell, which was a narrow stairwell. Turn around and there he is at my heels, just walking up the same stairwell towards a locked door. So I was kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. Mm -hmm. And I just, I really did not know what to do at that point. You know, I was just a little frozen. You know, this person seems to want to do bodily harm to me and supervision was able to distract them a little bit while I was able to make my escape. Wow. So that's, that's scary. You're just going to work to do your job and, you know, trying to get the trains clean. And next thing you know, you're, you're, you're running away from someone with a box cutter. I can't even imagine. So um, I'm glad that you weren't injured in that case, but have you experienced things like this before, or, or is this the first time this has happened to you? Uh, sadly not. Um, coincidentally, I was serving platform duty, uh, outside of my normal train operator duties because I'm restricted. Uh, I was restricted because I was returning from a workers' compensation case from a previous assault last May. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the irony of this happening was just, you could cut it with a knife. I said to myself, you know, they put me at 179 where there is a fair amount of emotionally disturbed people. Mm-hmm. And I was just coming back from an assault by an emotionally disturbed person. I was going to ask you that as someone who's there working in the subways, when, you know, we've been seeing this increase in violence, um, is that what you're seeing is mostly is emotionally disturbed people? Is that what it seems to be? I would like to categorize them as emotionally disturbed simply because I don't want to lump them in with the homeless population mm-hmm. who are simply down on their luck and they're just trying to maintain. And I, you know, at no point do I view them 
as a threat. Um, unfortunately, the EDPs do hide, uh, I'm sorry, the emotionally disturbed persons do hide among a homeless population, mm-hmm. which is very unfair. Uh, however, you know, that makes the best thing that we can do is just stay vigilant. But yes, I have noticed that people have been emboldened lately, uh, possibly because all they have to do is claim mental illness mm-hmm. um, and they're just let out on the street. Um, for example, the my initial assault, the assailant straight up told me, I'm not spending a night in jail. I'll be out on the street. And mm. he knew this. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they're emotionally disturbed doesn't mean they're not exactly, you know, like they're not unintelligent. They right. know exactly what their rights are. And uh, yeah, I feel that a lot of people look at the MTA emblem, you know, they see us as civil servants and they feel that MetroCard purchase and they you know entitles them to a certain amount of uh i guess uh freedom Mm. to address us and to treat us a certain way uh which is unfair to us but i think that is the one of the approaches that i can see what do you think would make it safer for you know you and your um co-workers and riders i think harsher i wouldn't say harsher sentencing but some type of I, you know, just some type of consequence that they mm-hmm. know that if they go ahead and pull this again, if they try to assault us, that there are consequences on their end. I think one of the reasons why so much has been happening is just uh, because there has, haven't been consequences mm-hmm. in the past few years. Um, uh, I also feel like, you know, hopefully that there are certain outlets that the emotionally disturbed the mentally ill can take advantage of you know something to help them on their struggles mm-hmm. unfortunately that's a greater that's a larger conversation and ricky what and do you hear with your um, your other co-workers are people i mean is it to a point of being afraid to be at work has it not risen that to that level i mean what's that level of comfort going in every day to work I think right now it's a very anxious and stressful time for mta workers you know combined with the COVID-19 pandemic, which is has been getting better, but still not eliminated. You know, like we're not counting out COVID-19 as a threat as well. Uh, the fact that we always have to stay vigilant and that with all due respect to the Metropolitan Transit Authority, we're not given any tools to defend ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I feel like one of the things that why I didn't react was because I know that if I were to defend myself, it would be behavior unbecoming of an MTA employee. Mm. So we all, we're kind of handcuffed in so many different ways. Uh, just, but yeah, the general tone is that, you know, we're helpless against the emotionally disturbed and that we're pretty much assaults our possibility on a daily basis. Well, we appreciate that you, uh, you know, get the uniform on and, and are out there and trying to get us all reopened and to keep people safe. And just want to, you know, you need to stay, stay safe as well. And, and we want to be able to support you to be able to go to work and come home at night without without being injured or threatened. Um, so um, we hope that things improve for sure. And Ricky Chan, we are glad that you're all, all right. And I want to say thank you again um, for taking the time to share your experience with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for the kind words, Darcy. You has to take a stand. But here's what you can do. We got something for you to do. Let's go. 
Joining me on the podcast now is our digital director um, and the editor of the Union Strong podcast, Kevin Eitzman. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Darcy. Well, you know, they are getting a lot of attention, TWU Local 100, about what's happening in the subways. And unfortunately, a lot of it is that news coverage because it's about the violence that's taking place. But they're also getting a lot of attention on social media. They have an incredible active social media campaign. Absolutely. I mean, the, because no one should be uh, fearful of being at work or, or, you know, go and not know if they're going to come home. And right now they need uh, as many people to know about it as possible. So they're all over social media. They're letting people know that, you know, these dangerous presidents are taking place and they're asking for help. And, and you know, we encourage everybody to check out their social media. Uh, they tag us a lot and we retweet and, and support their efforts. And let's get them some help. Right. I think the more of us who are on board with that and just amplifying the message that they have is is just going to help them. So, of course, we're happy to do that. All right, Kevin, it's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Thanks for listening to the Union Strong podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe and give us a rating. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State unions strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysafl-cio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.